Amen. How many is thankful today that he knows your name? Amen. He created you. How many is glad to be here in the land of the living? It hadn't been easy. It hadn't been easy. Sometimes the way has been rough. But God gave us life, and he has not given up on us. He's right here with us. He's going to see us through, and we're just praying that God is going to move in uh, so many ways through these ministries that he's using. They're being the hands of God. Amen. Just reaching out to those uh, mothers who are finding out they're going to have a baby and trying to encourage them to do the right thing. How many knows it's a good thing to do the right thing? Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me. I want to share with you from the book of Matthew. Wednesday night, uh, I tell you, God just spoke in such a special way. And uh, I had several come to me and said, Preacher, that was a Sunday morning message. And uh, I've done that before and had to, had to regroup. I've actually taken Wednesday night and shifted it on to Sunday morning. And I think that's a good thing. I believe what God has to say in this message is very, very relevant uh, to the church and relevant to us as individuals and relevant to the purpose and the future of what God is going to be doing here. How many wants to be a, a great part of that? I don't want to just exist in it. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to just be here. I want to be involved, amen? Not that my will be done or that I would get the glory, but that God would be glorified through my life. How many is grateful that somebody told you about Jesus this morning? Amen. Grateful that somebody shared the message of Christ with our life. Not only grateful for that, but I think back over my life and when I was a young boy, I'm grateful for the Sunday school teachers that didn't have to do it, but they did. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful for those that worked and labored in whatever capacity that they labored in. They didn't have to do it, but they did. They did it because they wanted to share the message they wanted to pour into our lives, and I'm so grateful for all those that had that part in my life and continue to in so many ways as I continue to make my journey. Uh, if you will, stand with me, and we'll look at the book of Matthew chapter 16. I want to preach again from this message, uh, underscoring the relevant church, underscoring the relevant church. Beginning with verse 13 of Matthew chapter 16, the Bible said, and when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Again, I want to preach from this thought, underscoring the relevant church. How many wants to have a relevant church? Amen. 
How many want your church to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, spiritually and numerically? Amen. How many want to reap the harvest in this day we're living in, in 2020? I'm telling you that God wants to do great and mighty things in our life. And I want to share with you the importance of the church today and the relevance of the church today, underscoring those things that God has spoken to me that we need to be aware of, that we need to apply to our hearts and lives in our everyday life as individuals and also as the church. Because we're living in a generation, before we pray, I want to say this, that the enemy would like to make the church irrelevant. He don't want nobody going to church. He don't want church to be important to anybody. Amen. He wants it to seem as if some watered-down waste of time. And I'm telling you today that God is building a church. And it's through the kingdom of God, through Jesus Christ. And we ought to appreciate and be thankful for and not sit around and Take for granted what God has blessed us with here at Stoneville or any other church that God has given them the privilege to be a part of. Father, we thank you today again for the reading of your word. We ask you, Lord, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. For, Lord, I'm nothing but God that you would speak to our hearts today. And, Lord, that every heart, every life would hear what thus saith God. Lord, that the word would be transforming, that it would be enlightening, it would be refreshing, it would be life-changing. God, we just thank you today that what you're going to accomplish is going to bring forth in future days a great work, Father, upon this body to see the purpose of God manifest in Jesus' name. We give you the praise and everybody said amen and amen. Look at somebody around you and tell them, be relevant. Don't sit around like an elephant. Be relevant. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Peter is beginning to speak here in response to Christ's question when he asked, Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked that question to Peter. Peter's response was, Oh, that you're the Christ. You are, somebody say he is, the son of the living God. How many know today that he is the door to the church? He is the doorway. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can be a part of this church except they go through him. Amen. You can put your name on a roll somewhere, and that's a good thing. If you're saved, that's a great thing, but it won't save you just to have your name on a roll. But when you know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, you have uh, come through the door, and you've become a part of the church. Amen. Someone once said here recently, said the churches across this world sometimes are struggling, but the church of the living God is not struggling. Amen. It is on a mission of offense. It is accomplishing great things for the kingdom of God. I believe that was Reverend Stacy Hilliard that said that. But the church of the living God, the true church, is accomplishing great and mighty things. And sometimes through the midst of our local uh, churches, uh, we'll go through struggle and we'll, we'll go through problems and challenges and things will happen that sometimes give the enemy an opportunity to say unto those who get frustrated, uh, what's the use, amen? 
Why even come to church? There's problems everywhere you go. Amen. And the enemy will take our struggle and try to build a foundation that will cause people sometimes to think that it's not important to, to be a part of the church. It's not important to, to be connected to the church. I want to tell you it's just as important to be connected to your local body as it is to be connected to your Savior. Come on, somebody. Bishop, ain't that right? To be a part of the local body is just as important to, in your life's journey and in your walk with God as it is to be connected through Jesus Christ. And the enemy would do everything he can to try to make us seem like that this is irrelevant. And the enemy is doing all he can all across the globe to make it seem irrelevant and do everything he can to make it seem boring and, and get people discouraged where they, I'll get there in a minute, where they, they just get frustrated. They don't see the importance of bringing their children to church anymore and getting them plugged into Sunday school anymore and getting them in a place where they can be discipled anymore. They don't see the, the, the structure being that important anymore. I want to tell you, I had a drug problem. They say when they were young, I did too. My mother drugged me to church whether I wanted to go or not. I, I was made to go to church. Now, to, come on, I, I wish somebody would hear what I'm about to say. Give God praise if you want to. We were made to go to church, not because mom and daddy were being ugly to us. They wanted, to, wanted us to know that we were going to reverence God as long as we were in that house. They were going to teach us about God. They were going to teach us about the ways of God. And now it's not important to a lot of families anymore and we find that the enemy has pressed his way in and there's so much happening in families today that if we had not sat back and got discouraged with God and held close to him and kept being obedient to him and kept moving forward and kept being faithful to him, then we might not have as many problems going on in our families if we, we let the enemy in. Can somebody shout amen? I don't preach this way this morning. Preacher, I come to tell somebody today uh, when we begin to give place to the enemy, the Bible declares that we should not do that. But we have given place to the enemy and, and, the, and listened to his lies and, and the communities have listened to his lies. It used to be that even the sinner man reverenced God and had fear of God. And when they come to the house of God, if they came, they'd sit quietly and they would leave quietly. But to Today, they don't care about the church anymore. They'll just walk right on up in there and do whatever they want to do. They'll pull out a gun and start shooting if they want to. So we got to get security teams because the fear of God and the church has left so many. But I'm telling somebody today that he's still a holy God for a righteous people through his righteous son, Jesus Christ. And this is why we exist today. Amen. We exist to be connected to his righteousness through the righteousness of his son. I can't be holy without him. I can't live right without him. I can't please him without him. I wish somebody would hear what I'm about to say. You'll never be able to do what God wants you to do by yourself and without him and without being a part of a local body or church somewhere. What 
does it mean to be relevant? It means to be closely connected or appropriate to what is being done or considered. To be relevant in this case simply means to be, uh, uh, in the case of a church, that is relevant to winning souls in this generation. This generation is not like the generation of old. They think differently. They do things differently. They don't see things the same way. So we, we have to step back and say, God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what do we do? in this generation today. What do we do to connect to these children and these young folks, these middle-aged folks that are living in this generation that have had so much poured in their hearts and in their minds through the world? The world has indoctrinated them. They've been indoctrinated through college. What do we do? How do we get their attention? And so we begin to find what it takes to be relevant, what it takes for us as individuals, and what it takes for us as a church. Here in the scripture we find the authenticity of the relevance through Peter's response to Christ's question. When Peter said, uh, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And when Peter responded, he said, you are Jesus. You are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon Peter, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. I want to stop right there for a minute. I got a lot to cover this morning, but I'm going to try to cover it quickly. I don't want to stop right there for a minute when he said, blessed are you for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. Can somebody understand that flesh and blood is not going to save this generation? Amen. It's going to take the Spirit of God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but the Spirit of my Father which is in heaven. My Father has revealed this unto you. What do we need in this generation? More than we need anything, and programs are good, and ministries are great, and God flows through these, but what do we need? A program without His Spirit is dead. A church without His Spirit is dead. A church without him moving is dead. A Christian without the presence of God, a declaring Christian is spiritually dead. But I'm telling somebody, we need the move of God's Holy Spirit again, breathing, breathing on individuals, sanctifying and baptizing in the Holy Ghost again. Men and women of God who are spiritually hungry and thirsty for God to use them and connect them in so many mighty ways. What the church needs before it needs anything else is a move of God where his Holy Spirit is breathing upon the church again. So I come to preach. The devil don't like it, but I'm going to preach anyway. We need a move of God where God's presence is more desired than the next song or sermon. Come on, somebody. We need a people who want more of God. Jesus said, you are the son of the living God. Jesus' response to him he said, you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell, somebody shout hell, will not prevail. That's shouting material right there. I'm going somewhere with this. Hell ain't going to win. It's impossible for hell to win. 
You may lose a battle every now and then, but as long as Jesus is on your side, you're not going to lose the war. I'm a child of the king. Amen. Today and knowing this is knowing that the gates of hell shall not prevail, not only against my life, but against the church. The gates of hell is doing everything it can. And we got to understand some things about church. Just because the enemy comes at us don't mean we quit. Just because things sometimes fall apart or challenges come, it does not mean that we quit. There's a lot of quitters that are sitting at home today. God didn't tell you to quit. God didn't tell you to pack it up and go home. He said, get to an altar and pray. Find you a secret place. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. God didn't tell anybody to pack it up and go home. When the enemy came against you, have you not remembered that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church? You're not... I'm about to preach now. I'm telling you today, somebody, there are people that are sitting home. You need to get up and you need to get to a local church somewhere. Maybe where you come from. Maybe, my, my God, you quit on the Lord. And the Lord is telling you, come back and connect to the body. There ought to be a heart in your spirit. The heart of your spirit ought to long for, for you to be back with the church again. I will tell you this. Don't go to no dead dried up, watered down place. You better find you a place where the fire of God is burning and the Lord is moving. It, may, it don't have to be stoneful, but if you want to come, come on. But find you somewhere where God is God of that church and that house and the spirit of the Lord is moving. Don't stay home. He been to God, let the devil win. One of the relevant things today about church, underscoring the relevant church, is that we must not just be mere singular Christians. That word, church, when Jesus said, I will build my church, the Greek word, was ecclesia, which simply means a chosen or called out assembly. Which means that God is calling our individual lives to become part of a greater purpose. And that is in the place of unity as an assembly or as a church, as a body today. A relevant church is a church that comes together in assembly. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25, he said that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see this day approaching. We may make two parts of this, come back for part two next Sunday morning, but I'm going to get into this. To be an assembly 
means that I'm a part of the local body of Christ. He tells us to hold fast our profession of faith. Don't get aggravated when the enemy comes in like a flood and go home. We're too sensitive anymore. Well, so-and-so hurt my feelings. I ain't going back there. The devil's winning. Well, I don't like the way the preacher dresses. I'm not going back there no more. He ought to wear a suit and a tie all the time. I don't like the way the council and the board is running. I don't like this. I don't like that. It don't, so-and-so hurt my feelings. My goodness, don't you know that sometimes even humans make mistakes, but don't let the devil win over what somebody does, amen, by mistake in your life. Don't let the devil win. I've had people say things to me that didn't always feel good and they didn't mean to hurt my feelings, but I can't get upset and say, I'm going to quit going to church over it. Amen. I'm going to show right back up and say, Devil, you thought you had me, but I've still got my praise on. I still got my, I'm here. Amen to God. You're not going to count me out. Amen. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I'm a winner in this situation. The devil wants to do everything he can to keep us from coming together and assembling the assembling of the church is vital to its import, to its relevance. It should promote vision. It should promote love among the body. It should promote good works. It should promote encouragement and exhortation to build up. The assembly of the church is an offensive strategy that, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. It is an offensive strategy where God moves in, in the power of our unity and in the coming together in assembly. In Matthew chapter 18 verse 20 the word said where there are two or three or more gathered in my name there I am in the midst look at somebody one two three four Five, six, amen. We already covered. I ain't counted everybody in here, but we're already covered. Amen. The first couple rows got us covered. From the back to the front, you covered. For where two or three or more are gathered in his name, he said, there I am in the midst. You say, well, preacher, he's living inside of me. Yeah, but this is a corporate thing. He's living inside of you. But how many knows when you come together in assembly and you begin to get together and worship him and pray together that God shows up and he begins to move in a corporate way by his spirit the Lord is there and when the Lord is there the enemy is not going to be able to defeat you come on somebody if you go home and quit church and quit assembling the devil's going to win over your spirit give God praise if you will God has not called us to be on an island by ourselves. We need each other. I need you. 
you need me. That's a good song. I might write it. Brother Mark, we need each other, don't we, brother? Sometimes I need your prayers. Sometimes I need your encouragement. Sometimes you need mine. Sometimes, amen, we need leadership, don't we? We need the body. The Bible speaks of Paul in his imprisonments. And do you understand something about Paul is to know this, that he had all his needs met, didn't he? Every one of them. Paul didn't go without because God always had somebody on the scene showing up. And you know, it's amazing how Paul was always in a position where most of the time, in every position he was in in prison, that, that they would let his friends or, or the church people come in and provide for his needs. Yeah, he, he wasn't able to get to church. He wasn't able to go to the services or gather for the prayer meetings because he was in prison. But God was still with him. It didn't mean that he wasn't saved. But that the hardest thing about what Paul was going through was not worried about whether God was going to take care of him. He missed being with the church. Amen. If you would listen to his letters, he'd say, Oh, my brethren, how long, hallelujah, to come to you again. In other words, he wanted to get back to the church. Yeah, God was with him, but he knew how important assembling with the church, with the, with, with the body of Christ, with brothers and sisters in Christ was. And he wanted to draw strength from that, that, that being able to participate in that. It didn't make him less saved because he wasn't there, but his heart longed to be there. I want to tell you that our heart should long to be in 2020 at the Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church letting God do what God wants to do through our lives sometimes we may be stuck in a hospital or we may be sick in our bed but if our heart loses its desire to want to be there again then we need to get to an altar of prayer and say God change my heart Oh, Jesus, help me. There's something important today about understanding assembling. In assembling, we get the opportunity also to realize the underlining relevance of praise. I ain't lost. Sometimes it's just too quiet. Sometimes the quietness of the congregation speaks to the spirituality. Amen. Sometimes the quietness that you hear is a good thing. But sometimes the quietness speaks of the mindset rather than the heart. Oh, Jesus, help me. 
you can see it. Make a joyful noise. Oh, ye lands. Make a joyful noise. Sometimes it's just too quiet. Sometimes the enemy just sitting back watching you, watch everybody else, just try to get through the service. I just come, boy, if the preacher goes past 12 o'clock, I ain't going back. Sometimes it's just too quiet while, while we're sitting back in the enemies. Just sitting back watching us, just watching our watches and waiting to see. And when's this thing? I understand that, 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 that there's a time that we need to be connected with and we need to be reverent of time, but we also uh, need to be connected to what God is doing. And, and so, in the quietness of it all, sometimes uh, we're sitting back and, and we're just waiting to get through the service. And we've come for the wrong reasons. And we thought we came for the right reasons because we were coming out of due diligence to be a part of Sunday school or to be able to just say I attend the Stoneville Pentecostal Holiness Church but your attendance is not enough. He didn't say enter his gates with your attendance and his courts with your presence. I'm taking my time here. The chicken won't get cold. If it does, can't we warm it up? Sometimes in the quietness of it all, we've missed everything. We've got in a rut and a routine. And we're waiting on God to move and God's sitting up there waiting on us. I see you there, your presence is there, but what's it going to do? Because bigger than this being Stoneville, Pentecostal Holiness Church, this is God's house. This is God's sanctuary. Isn't that right? We're just the church here. We're part of it. What happens when we get here? We're just going to sit there and, and, and look at one another or be entertained. God said, your presence is there, but what are you going to do? Enter my gates with thanksgiving. Amen. Come through the doors being thankful. Half the time we're not, we're not thankful like we ought to be, but we're here. Preacher, I just want you to know I'm here. I ain't missed the service. I'm glad you hadn't. But what God's asking today in your assembly Have you understood the relevancy of your praise? Because your presence ain't going to do nothing. People go to church all the time. But it's your praise that moves the heart of God in your life.
I just knew just a while ago I felt the Holy Ghost. I just knew. Yeah, I don't know if you felt what I felt. I was going to open my eyes and there were going to be people moving all across the congregation and worshiping praise unto the Lord. God, preacher, you come to bash me? No, I've come to tell you what God is looking for from those who assemble in his house. Not some stick in the mud folk. Amen. Who just made it to church one more Sunday. He's looking for somebody who came for the right reason and the right purpose and said, I have come to bless the name of the Lord. I have come to worship him. I am privileged. I'm privileged to be here. I'm privileged to be a part of this. Preacher, I'm mad with you. You bashing me. No, I'm not. It's the devil talking to you. And I come tell somebody, if you want to have church, lift your voice. If you want to have church, lift your hand. Because somebody's going to do it. And I'm about like Daryl Luster. Y'all can sit there all night in your seat. I guarantee you that you won't hinder me because I'll have church if I got to have it by myself. But if I can just get about two or three who wouldn't mind having a little church with me, then we can get together and we can have church. There is something to be said about making a joyful noise and lifting up our voices unto the Lord. He said, well, preacher, it don't have to be that way. That's what the Lord has called us to. He didn't call us to be Pentecostal pew warmers. He called us to be Pentecostal praisers. And when the Holy Spirit's in it, there'll be order. But we need to get our hands off the order he's trying to bring. Amen. And let him bring the order that brings glory to him. Not the order that seems right to man. Not the order that seems like it is, it is righteous. The Bible said that there are so many who think that they, they have all the answers. And that they're righteous. But their ways are the ways of death. Give me a church people. You ain't got to wait for the key of C. I did this for years. I was told as a kid when to stand up and what page to turn to. I was told when to quit. And I was told when to sit down. I was told when the next order of service was going to be. And then we were told when it was time to stand up again. Nothing wrong with that. But the problem was it quenched the spirit in many ways. 
Well, that's the last verse of the song. Preacher, the song's over. Stop it so we can get through this. I, I don't want to go anymore. Y'all trying to make something happen. No, we're not. We're trying to press our way into the throne room of God's grace. I don't want to be told what I'm feeling, what I'm feeling, and the presence of God is moving. Don't you tell me to sit down. I want to worship God. He saved me. He delivered me. He deserves my praise. He deserves your Oh, the shouty man. Don't tell me to sit down and be quiet. Amen. Worship with me. Hallelujah today. It's relevant. You know all that. I feel that. All our children out there, they're dancing all kind of booger wooger stuff. Dancing with the devil. Amen. Thank God I ain't dancing with the devil anymore. I'm dancing with Jesus. I'm dancing for him. He deserves my praise. I'm not ashamed to dance with him and worship with him and for him. He deserves my praise. But until the program pushes him out, Don't let your praise be pushed out by a program. Amen. Underscoring relevance of the church assembly. Number two, praise. I didn't come here to look pretty. Ain't this boring? Anybody, you, you, you bored of church? Then fan the flames with your praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The enemy cannot stand. When God's people get together and make a joyful shout unto the Lord and come before his presence with thanksgiving and know that he is the Lord, our God. There are two calls and two causes I shared Wednesday night. The first one is to serve. The second one is to praise. And in doing your praise, you're doing service unto God. If you want to serve the Lord, get your praise on. You ain't got to dance. But every now and then, like I said a few weeks ago, at least make a move. Make it look like you want to do something. Well, preacher, God knows my heart. He does. Then at least open your mouth and say praise the Lord or something. Ain't no shame in that. You don't have to dance across the stage or run the house or walk the pews. But you can open your mouth and say praise you, Lord. Not because the preacher said so, but God wants that from you. Lord, I love you. 
Serve him, not just with your presence, but with your mouth. Come on, somebody. Relevant church praises God's on the precipice of these truths. Hell don't like it, but it can't stop it. What are you calling us to today? I'm calling us to do more than just show up. I'll finish the rest of this message next Sunday morning. I've got three more, but I'm calling us to do more than show up. One of the hardest things to do is to come and preach a message. It can be done, and God anoints us to do it, and I've done it often. But one of the hardest things to do is to come and preach a message from God's throne when you've just come through the driest worship time you've ever been in. Come on, somebody. When you've come through a time where you just wonder, God, what's happening? Amen. Let's praise him. I'm calling us to assemble, not just to be here, but to praise him. There's joy in praising him. Amen. Don't it feel good to just shout hallelujah sometimes? Don't it feel good to just say amen sometimes? And I'm telling you, if you've never lifted your hand to God, you ought to do it sometimes. I promise you. It's like putting up your antennas. You're going to get a signal that's going to sweep over your life. Amen. God's presence in our life. Will you come to the piano, please? The praises of a relevant church are powerful against the enemy. in the fact that they are declarative, they are glorifying, and they are chain-breaking. Somebody shout with me. Declarative, glorifying, and chain-breaking. Think about something for a minute. Do you know that you don't have to wait to get to the sermon in the altar call after the sermon to have a chain-breaking move of God in the congregation and on this stage? The devil does not like it. You don't have to wait till you get to church. Time we ought to be praising him before we get here. I got a challenge for you next Sunday. Find your best gospel music and turn it up when you drive in the parking lot. Roll your windows down. Amen. Come on now. Roll your windows down. Let God's music just flood the flood the outer courts of the church and the parking lots and get you a worship going on in your heart and in your spirit, a praise going on and stir it up in your life. I'm telling you, Jason Crabb, I was on my way down here and Jason Crabb was singing, amen to God. It was all I could do. I couldn't, I couldn't help but be excited. The name of that song, I can't remember the name of it. That thing was stirring my heart. I said, my goodness, sing it again. There's a friend of ours who used to be in the church and we went to, we pastored. And every now and then he'd say, sing it again. 
I knew when he'd say sing it again, I knew that God was pouring in his heart and on his spirit. We'd sing it again. I know what he was singing. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Boy, if I could have just run. I remember years ago, some friends of ours was riding with my dad, and they were on their way to camp meeting, Church of God camp meeting in Tifton, Georgia. Actually, they were on their way back from camp meeting. Man, they were just fellowshipping and praying. They got to singing, the Holy Ghost got to moving. Brother had to pull the car over. I said, Daddy, why'd he pull the car over? He said, we all had to get out and do a little shouting around the car. I said, why couldn't you do that in the car? He said, you don't understand. We had to pull over and give some time to God. He said, we had a time. Sometimes we can be so busy trying to get to where we're going. that we don't take time to just let God have his way. The relevant church is a church that forsakes not the assembly of itself together. And a relevant church in this generation is a church that will praise him. That will praise him that will praise him and not worry who they're offending. They're going to praise the Lord God Almighty for all his blessings. Stand with me. For all his blessings and all he has done in their life. If we're going to reach this generation, we've got to be relevant. That means we may have to change some things. Some things may have to, to shift but these things I'm sharing with you should never change. The assembly, look at your, your if you got family members around you, tell them, tell them, say, stick with me. We're going we're gonna to keep coming. We're going to keep coming to church. We're going to keep, we're going to keep assembling. We're going to keep supporting the work of God. We may go through some rough spots, but we're going to keep on going. We're going to face our challenges by God's grace. Ain't that important? And you know what? I want you as, as family members to challenge each other. When you get there, I know it's important to be there. It's important to know that you're faithful to God and your attendance is important and we are grateful. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We are grateful for your attendance. But God wants more than that. God wants more than that. He wants your praise. And not just every now and then. Sometimes you've got to praise Him when your family is going through a dark place. Sometimes you've got to praise Him when you're going through some things you've never been through before that are hurting you. you still got to praise Him. I want you to encourage one another that we're going to be relevant in our assembling together we're going to be relevant in our praises. We're going to be relevant as a church. We're not going to complain. And we're not going to get aggravated. And we're not going to just leave. 
we're going to ask God to show us, help us understand if we don't, but let us be a support. Let us work together with this body because that's what we need, church. If you've got questions before you get frustrated, you need some answers, come to me. Go to a council member. Go to a leader. If they can't answer it, come to me. We'll find some answers. But whatever you do, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. Assemble with God's people here. Come praising Him. I mean that. I, I want to hear radios blasting next week. I don't care from the kingdom heirs all the way to the Kingsman Quartet. Jason Crabb, Carrot Job, Tasha, Tasha Cobb. Who is that? I'm old school. Do that if you will. Prepare your heart for worship. If it takes that, do that. Do whatever you got to do. Whatever you do, remember why you're coming here. Why you're assembling here. And let's do it. Let's give God our best every time we come in these doors. Amen. Our best love, our best worship. And I know everybody don't worship the same. You don't have to. But give God your best. Give God your best. Amen. That's what He wants. He wants your best. Next week I'll finish these three. I want to ask you this, uh, this morning all over the church. If you've been challenged by what God is speaking to your life today through this word, I want to ask you all over the church, if you would just come and say, Preacher, I'm with God. I'm with you. I agree with what God has spoken today. And I'm going to make a sure decision to the best of my ability by His Spirit to respond to what God is telling us today. I'm going to be faithful in assembly and I'm coming to worship God. And I may not dance all over the place and I might, but I'm coming to give Him my best worship. And I'm not going to let anything in this world stand in my way.